Hello and welcome back to After Whistle Sports Podcast. I'm Dylan and I'm again joined by Yoss and Jack. And this is going to be a super special episode because we're going to be going over our After Whistle Sports Podcast full March Madness tournament bracket. Um, we're going to go all the games. We're going to be picking each game um, by uh, doing a majority rules type voting system. Um, and we don't want to talk about it for five hours, which we've been doing the entire week. <laughs> so we're going to keep some stuff brief. Um, but let's just get started here. Uh, we'll start in, we're going to go region by region and just pick through. So we'll start in the West region, which contains, of course, the number one overall seed, Gonzaga Bulldogs, undefeated. I don't know who wants to take this over, like the whole Gonzaga thing, but uh, uh, I, I guess I'll start. Gonzaga is one of the most dominant teams we've seen in this sport, uh, not just this year. Uh, they rank number one in uh, offensive efficiency, number 10 in defensive efficiency. They have four or five NBA players, including uh, projected top five, Jalen Suggs, uh, one of the best shooters in the country, Corey Kispert, um, a great big man down low, and Drew Timmy. And they sent guard depth, Joel, Joel Ai and um, Nemhard coming off the bench. So uh, I think it's safe to say that we'll pick uh, Gonzaga over the winner of Appalachian State. Um, and, uh, the other, the other you know, I like Appalachian State. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Gonzaga yeah. is so good. I, I'm not going to call it a lock. I'm not saying anything's a lock, but that seems like a lock. This is the, one of the closest locks you can possibly get. Yeah, bet the farm on Gonzaga. It's next. All right, let's move on to the 8-9 matchup in the West with number 8 uh, or seed 8 Oklahoma and uh, the 9 seed Missouri Tigers. And this one, I th- we're pretty split on this, so I'll start off. Um, I like Oklahoma in this game. Um, from what I've seen, I've watched a lot of Oklahoma and Missouri actually this year. And uh, Oklahoma's got a great guard, Austin Reeves, um, who can make tough shots, uh, who's really efficient. Um, I just like Oklahoma's defense, um, and I think they're well coached. I think they win this game. Um, yeah, see, I like Missouri. Uh, I think Drew Smith, Xavier Pinson shoot really well. They've got the great uh, big guy down low. And Missouri's actually better on the road than they are at home, which will help them on the, the neutral court. I think they uh, shut down Oklahoma. On top of that, Oklahoma finished the regular season 0-4, which shows that they're on a down uh, a decline. And I'm a personal uh, my personal opinion is bet on the team that's hot. So I'm going to go Missouri here as well. Okay. So I just got outvoted there, so we'll put the number nine seed, uh, Missouri, um, into the round of 32. Next, this is a really interesting matchup that's been a lot of um, uh, radars in terms of an upset pick. No, the five seed Creighton against the 12 seed uh, UC Santa Barbara. And this one to me is really interesting. Um, I know a lot of people like uh, Santa Barbara in this one, and they have a great scorer. And uh, McLaughlin, who's an outstanding three-point shooter, uh, can take over the game. But I just really like Creighton in this one. I know they came off a really bad loss to Georgetown um, last week. Uh, but I think with Marcus Zagorowski at point guard, who's a great defender, who can facilitate, pass the ball out. Um, they're surrounded with three-point shooters. Uh, they really live and die by the three. But I just like this Creighton team. Um, I think that they're being overlooked in this matchup. Yeah. Smith, I'm going to agree with you. You see, Santa Barbara has not played anyone. They have, they have twenty six. Well, UC Irvine's a pretty solid team, yes. Oh, but <laughs> they haven't played anyone. They haven't proved anything. Creighton, however, is twenty and eight, and have played a couple tough teams. They lost to Kansas by one. 
They split with Villanova. They beat a really good UConn team, and I know we'll get to them later. And I love UConn. Um, and I think uh, Creighton has proved more than Santa Barbara. And I, I have Creighton as well. Yeah, this one's yeah. a good matchup either way. I'll take Creighton, too. I think, you know, the the reason they got blown up by Georgetown was just that they could not hit the three, and that was very uncharacteristic of them. You know, Gaucho's not a bad team, but, uh, yeah, I, I like the, the Creighton Blue Jays. And they also – I feel like you can't judge Creighton for losing – I mean, you can for losing to Georgetown, but Georgetown's hot. Like, they're really hot right now. Yeah, well, we can get into that. We'll get to that. Um, another really popular pick, like I feel like I've seen this this area, this like subregion of the West, kind of being the thing that blows up a little bit. Um, but uh, the four seed Virginia, who's had COVID issues, which is important to note. Um, but I'm hearing that uh, they should all be, I think, good to go. They all made the trip down to Indianapolis versus the 13 seed Ohio, who uh, has a future NBA player, great point guard, um, Preston Smith who uh, is averaging around like 18 points per game, I think like six assists. He's a really good player. I like this as an upset pick. I'm with the Bobcats on this one. Yeah. Smith, I'm going to agree with you here. Um, As you said, I think you covered it perfectly. They have, in my opinion, a future first-round pick on that team. Virginia, although they actually have an offense this year, they they rely heavily on the defense. And that, and we've seen it before. That's that's not how you win in March Madness. So I'm gonna also go and go Ohio. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna go Ohio too. They uh, they played Illinois really close at the beginning of the year. Obviously, a different team than they are now. I mean, you know, point guard's great. You all covered that. Another thing is that Virginia's super slow, and Ohio is actually has a great record against teams that uh, have such a slow pace. Uh, so go Bobcats. Yep. Uh, let's go on to the next matchup is the six seed USC, who we talked about before on the podcast, and I know we all really like. Um, and then the winner of the playing game for the 11 seeds of Wichita State or Drake. Um, I'll start off with kind of like the playing game. I think Drake's going to win the playing game. Uh, Wichita State, if you look, if you follow the analytics, um, you can tell that Wichita State is one of the weaker teams just in terms of efficiency in the entire field. Um, I wasn't sure they were going to actually get into the field. Uh, I like Drake. I've been high on Drake the entire season. But I think either of those teams, whoever wins that that game, is going to lose to USC. I think this is a really good USC team. Um, Evan Mobley won uh, Pac-12 Freshman of the Year and Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to be a top three NBA pick. Um, Really solid center. They have great size all around. Um, And I actually really like their defense. Yeah, uh, I think I think Drake beats Wichita State. I don't think they have anyone to deal with Evan Mobley. Uh, I think USC turns it on and uh, beat, gets it done. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you guys, but I don't think this is like oh, like you know, you blink at the game and it's over. I think it's gonna be a closer game, especially if Drake ends up winning, because USC yeah. has, has they're good. Don't get me wrong, we're all high on USC here. But they also have really lost to, like, some not-so-great opponents. So I, I don't think that this is by any means a safe USC pick, but I, I like USC. Yeah. I think this is a safe USC pick. I, I also I, – I don't think I'm getting this wrong. Drake had a player out almost the whole year, and then when he when – he's, or not the whole year, but they, he was out, and then they're, like, 19-1 and one with him there. So they're not a bad team at all. Let's move on to another really interesting matchup. The three-seed Kansas Jayhawks 
going up against the 14 seed Eastern Washington. And um, we do know that Kansas did have COVID issues. Um, they had one player who's not making the trip, who's Jalen Wilson, who's a, actually a really solid. He's a starter on that team, a really solid three-point shooter, good defender. Um, but I, I like Kansas in this one. But this, I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people think. Um, I think Kansas is going to end up winning this game. But, like, if you're looking for maybe a, a team to bet against the spread – or maybe like an upset pick, this one's definitely an interesting one. Mm, I'm going to disagree with you here. I think Kansas is a solid team with or without um, with, with or without COVID. And I, I don't think Eastern Washington will just be able to handle the skill set that Kansas ha- is going to bring to the table. Do I think they'll get out of the next round? No, but I think they'll win this one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Kansas too. I will say that, uh, it's really tough to play when you have not practiced and, you know, seeing the scouting report on zoom rather than actually being in the gym with the boys, you know, it's a tough one. And we'll talk about it when we get to the USC Kansas matchup we're setting, but, uh, you know, I think they edge out Eastern Washington, but Eastern Washington's not bad. They've got some good big guys. And, uh, even though they haven't played very well against some power five opponents. All right, let's move on to, uh, in my opinion, uh, one of the easiest 7-10 games to pick. Um, number seven, the seven seed Oregon um, against the 10 seed uh, VCU Rams. Uh, I really like Oregon in this. Um, VCU, to me, they relied too heavily on um, – oh, I'm going to forget the name now. But his nickname is Bones, okay? He's a very good player. His nickname is Bones. Um, That's true. I think his first name starts in the end. But uh, – Oregon, I th- Oregon should win this game, and I think this one's not going to be as close. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with part of that. I agree that Oregon's going to win the game. I think Oregon's actually not that bad of a basketball team, but I think it's going to be a close, close game. I think it's going to be come down to free throws, and I, I, I yeah, that's that's just my opinion on it. But I agree with what you. Okay, saying. but 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 let me tell you this. Let me tell you this real quick. By the way, VCU is 117th in adjusted offensive efficiency. Okay, and this Oregon okay. team is a, is a is a really solid team on offense, ranked 16th in adjusted offensive efficiency, and they could also defend too. I, I this game is going to be a blowout. In my you know, yeah, I like Oregon in a, in a blowout too. I think uh, VCU plays really fast. Oregon's been great against fast teams. They crushed Arizona State, who's the fastest in the Pac-12. VCU has struggled with turnovers, and Oregon's ranked first in the Pac-12 in forcing turnovers. Uh, VCU does not have any experience. All their starters got hurt at the beginning of the year. I mean, they've had some good breakout players. Like, uh, I think Nafali Dante is the guy, Bones, we were talking about. But uh, I think Oregon definitely wins this one. All right, let's move on. We got Oregon over there in the round of 32, um, who will be playing against either uh, the two-seed Iowa or the 15-seed Grand Canyon. And just, like, fun fact, by the way, Grand Canyon is coached by Bryce Drew, okay, who is the brother of Baylor coach, who's a one seed, uh, Scott Drew. So that one's actually really easy. And another another quick note here about Bryce Drew. He was the dude who hit the um, Valpo game-winning three against, I think, Ole Miss. Wow. In the Final Four. That's These are good facts. I wasn't even born. I'm not even close to being born at that point. But that's uh, a recent shot. Um, I was going to win that game. This one won't be close. Luka Garza is going to go off for 30 points. 
We can talk about the Luka Garza slander later. We Don't sleep on my 7-1-285 center that I don't know the name of. Yes, Grand Canyon's got that really big center, but they're going to get decimated by Iowa's three-point shooting. Yeah. Okay, please move. Yeah, let's move on. Um, so in the round of 32 in the West region, we're going to have a matchup of number one seed Gonzaga versus uh, number nine seed Missouri. Um, I like Gonzaga for all the reasons we said before. Gonzaga is a once-in-a-generation type team. Yeah. Uh, you got to move them on. Missouri's great, but Gonzaga to the moon. This is going to be a blowout. All right. Uh, now let's go to the um, five-seeded Creighton uh, against 13-seeded Ohio. This one I think is interesting again for me. And I, I think Creighton's three-point shooting should be enough to beat Ohio. Um, but I, I wouldn't put it past. I feel like if Ohio is looking real sharp against Virginia and ends up actually winning that game like we predict, um, I think Ohio at that point is going to be rolling and showing up on guys' radars. So I don't think Creighton is going to overlook uh, a team like Ohio. I think they're going to be ready to play. Um, Coach McDermott has a really solid team this year. And I like Mark Zagorowski, actually, a really good point guard defender to match up against uh, Preston, uh, Preston Smith. Here's here's the thing with Creighton. As, as you've said, they rely so heavily on the three ball. And if that ball isn't dropping, they're going to be in a lot, a lot of trouble against Ohio. And for that reason, I, I kind of like Ohio. Okay. Jack, you're the deciding vote. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with Creighton, too. I think they, they can – they've got – Good enough defense to lock down Ohio point guard, and uh, I think the they're they're gonna make a, a a good run until they run into the brick wall of Gonzaga. Next, let's go into another matchup: uh, six seed USC against three seed Kansas. Um, this one's gonna be interesting. I think this one's gonna depend on if uh, Kansas uh, center uh, McCormick can actually guard Evan Mobley, and I think he can. I like Kansas advancing this one. I'm going to disagree with you here. Again, I like USC advancing, especially with Kansas having COVID. Um, it's hard to, like, you know, like you have a starting five that you're pretty close with. It's hard to replace someone uh, that's on the starting list, uh, especially because of COVID. Um, as you said, they don't have much practice. So I'm going to go USC. Yeah, this time I'm going to side with Yas. I like USC, too, for basically uh, all above reasons. Got it. So we got USC moving on to the Sweet 16. Um, they will be playing the winner of uh, seven-seeded Oregon Ducks against the two-seeded Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, the thing is, Oregon, like I said, they're a really solid team. I re- this is a bad matchup for them, okay? They have no one who can guard Luka Garza at all. They're going to have to rely on double-teaming Garza in the post, which is going to leave – um, all those awesome shooters for Iowa, Jordan Bohannon, um, CJ Frederick, open for three-point shots all day long. I think Iowa wins. And I don't think this one's going to be very close. Yeah, I'm gonna, as much as I have the Luka Garza slander, I, they just they won't be able to contain them. I agree. Totally agree. No defense. Okay. Now in the Sweet 16 for this region, the one-seeded Gonzaga Bulldogs against uh, five-seeded Creighton Jayhawks. It's got to be Gonzaga. Yeah, I wouldn't not, not much to talk about. Yeah, I mean, uh, Creighton uh, can shoot 70% from three and will probably still lose to Gonzaga. The, the only thing that they have going for them is that they shoot a lot of threes, and that's the recipe to beat a Gonzaga team. But, it, it actually is. So if you look at the teams who compete with Gonzaga, it's BYU, 
Man, I'm pretty sure in the first half, BYU was shooting like an absurd percentage. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Exactly. Like you can, you could go lock, get lucky and shoot. You know, but that's, that's tough. I mean, but Gonzaga just has too many ways they can beat you. Yeah, they can play no. inside out through Timmy, or they could play in the perimeter with Suggs and Kispert. Well, yeah, you have, to, you have to play the best game of your your season, and then you have to hope they play the worst to beat them. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see if we have anyone even beating Gonzaga, but I, I've got a couple <laughs> teams in mind. Okay, I don't want to. Ruin it. I don't know. Let's go with uh, two seeded Iowa against uh, six seeded USC. Uh, this one to me is interesting. Yeah, Evan Mobley on one hand, you got Luca Garza on the other. You have the three-point shooting of Iowa, you have the uh, perimeter defense and athleticism of USC. Um, I think USC's defense has, a, has an edge over Iowa for sure. Um, but from what I've seen from this Iowa team is uh, Luka Garza dominating. Um, they have a really old, experienced team. I like Iowa coming out of this. I like Iowa too. I think uh, Evan Mobley's great, but Luka Garza is just – weighs more and I think he's just probably going to be able to dominate him in the post but I think even more than that is that the Iowa wing players and three-pointer uh you know and ball movement is just I don't think USC's guards can keep up with him I I think I like Iowa as well but I think this is going to be a really if it gets to this point it's going to be a really good game yeah I'm kind of excited if that happens it's going to be fun okay now in the elite eight to determine who will go uh, represent in the West region in the final four. Gonzaga versus Iowa. Gonzaga. I like Gonzaga too. I think that the beginning of the year, these two teams actually played and uh, Gonzaga was coming off a two week COVID pause and they beat, they were uh, up in the last two minutes by 20 points. Iowa, they closened it up when Gonzaga put in, you know, the, the, you know, the bums, but uh, can, I mean, can Iowa, Gonzaga is just a better version of, of Iowa. Yeah, I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Luca Garza cannot play good teams. It's it's been we've seen it against Michigan. He doesn't I do mean, well. He has 16 points and like you know his eight or his six rebounds or something like that, and he just won't. Get, he can't do everything. And I also think that that Drew Timmy is just. Like wow, this is probably game. the last time we'll ever talk about Luca Garza on the podcast. Thank God. No, no, when we do a draft podcast, it's 100%. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Him to be a second. <laughs> okay. 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 Okay, we got to move on. This is going to be pretty long. Okay, so we got one of our final four teams set. Let's move on to the South region. <laughs> uh, one seed, Baylor Bears, who – uh, were looking absolutely incredible. They looked toe-to-toe with Gonzaga early in the year. Then they had a COVID pause in which eight players got COVID. And, and now they don't look toe-to-toe. They were never the same. They had, had both top five in offensive and defensive efficiency, and now they're down to 44th at adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, with that being said, Hartford, unfortunately, will have to be the uh, sacrificial lamb here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Barely going to move on with this. I don't think we have to do much about that. Yep. North Carolina, Wisconsin. All right. I'm going to make the pitch for Wisconsin. Smith and I have talked about this, argued about this for, frankly, hours. Uh, Wisconsin is 10th on the Ken Palm rankings in efficiency. North Carolina's bad versus slow teams, which Wisconsin is a slow Big Ten team. North Carolina lost to Clemson, Virginia, who are both super slow. Uh, North Carolina turns the ball over. 
often. Wisconsin does not turn the ball over. North Carolina's free throw percentage is 66% as compared to Wisconsin's 77%. Uh, you know, they do have rebounding troubles, but I think their bigs can hold their own. I, Smith, I guess if you were arguing this, I'm going to agree with you here. I, I like a UNC team that is – they're hot. USC, UNC really picked it up at the end. They have a great coach. I, I, I can't – and Wisconsin's been on a decline from, like, the second week of the season. I, it's not great. Iowa. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. Can I provide my argument here? Yeah. Yeah, let's okay. see. Right. This, first of all, this 8-9 matchup is going to be outstanding. I think all the 8-9 matchups. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I'll tell you why UNC is going to win this game, okay? I hate to say this, too, but Wisconsin is a soft team. They're a soft team. They went through the Big Ten. They weren't physical. And they lost a lot of games, and they got out rebounded. They're playing game. such good teams, Listen, though. Ones yeah, and two seeds. Yeah, let me, let me. I let you talk. Let me talk. Okay. Okay. UNC has maybe the best big man depth in the in the, the entire thing. We just lost a member there. We just lost. <laughs> um, UNC has just been absolutely incredible these past couple of weeks. Um, they have great talent. Uh, I think they're gonna they're number one in offensive rebounding. Um, I think they can be more physical and, and win that game. So we got UNC moving on there. Uh, let's go to the five twelve matchup. This is another uh, popular like twelve seed uh, underdog pick. Uh, five seed Villanova going up against the twelve seed Winthrop Eagles. Um, a lot of people are picking Winthrop. Uh, they're a good team. They've only lost one game the entire season. But I like Nova in this. Again, if you give Jay Wright a uh, to prepare for this game, I think Villanova, even without Colin Gillespie, can still win this game. Um, I'm going to disagree with you here. Again, I said this earlier in the podcast, but I like hot teams going into March Madness. And Georgetown's about as hot as they can come. Um. They've Not the game we're talking about. They beat Clemson. Ah, uh, they beat. Um, 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 why am I blanking? Yes, yeah, this is Winthrop Nova did. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. I was talking about. Ah. Uh, we'll get to that later. I will make the argument for Winthrop because I like Winthrop. Villanova has lost three of the last four. They're missing one of their impact players, Colin Gillespie. Uh, Winthrop has Chandler Vaudrin, Big South Player of the Year. He's a phenomenal 6'7 point guard, leading the Golden Eagles in points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, I think they've won 23 games. They're 23-1. I think they'd be upset Nova. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, For those reasons, that's what I meant. Okay, so, so we, got, I agree. we have Winthrop advancing in that one. Okay. Uh, next, 4-seed Purdue against 13-seed North Texas. And to be honest, I think Purdue wins, and I don't think this is going to be close. Travion nah. Williams for Purdue is one of the most underrated players in the entire country. I said that. I mean, Purdue is – I think Purdue's a really solid team come tournament time. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup. The green machine. But uh, I, I don't think North Texas is going to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to completely agree. Purdue's in the hardest – uh, conference in basketball. Um, they held their own in it. I think this is going to be a blowout. Yeah, I like Purdue too. Okay, so we got Purdue moving on. Next game. Uh, this one should be pretty interesting. A six versus 11 seed, six seeded Texas Tech 
Red Raiders against 11 seeded Utah State. Uh, I'll start. I really like this Texas Tech team. Um, I think Chris Beard has a really solid squad uh, on defense. Um, Mac McClung is, I think, going to be um, a guy come tournament time who is going to absolutely light it up uh, in big moments. I think Texas Tech has more athletic guards. I think Texas Tech um, can play better defense. Utah State's a solid team, but I've just been um, – I think Texas Tech's a little bit more consistent. Yeah, I'm going to – Smith, I'm going to agree with you here. Again, this is – um normally I know 6 v. 11 seeds are uh, pretty close, but I think this is going to be a blowout. As you said, Mac, uh, Mac McClung has been here. Uh, he's dominant when it comes to tournament time. I, I like him. You know, I'm going to take Texas Tech, too, but analytically this game is actually a lot closer than we're giving it credit for. Utah State's got a great defense. Not as good offense, but uh, another guy you should definitely watch out if you're, for if you're watching Texas Tech games is Santo Silva. He's he's a monster. Yeah. He's a great player. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Uh, Three-seeded Arkansas against 14-seed Colgate. This is another interesting one. Um, and I, Colgate's a little bit of an analytical anomaly because, because, like, with the COVID restrictions for their conference, they've played 15 games against three teams – so they played each of three teams five times. Yeah, see, that's a recipe for disaster. Well, I mean, a Colgate plays a super uh, fast-paced three-point shooting offense. Uh, I think Arkansas is a really solid team this year, um, especially against these weaker teams. I'm not sure. We'll go in a second round. But uh, I think Arkansas is going to win this game just because I think they could uh, defend a little bit better, and I think they have size. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think Arkansas is good against bad teams, and Colgate. Uh, that's really weird that they've only played three teams. So I'm going to go Arkansas too. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. Um, I know we talked about it earlier on hot teams, but Moses Moody is—he's uh, a great shooter. I mean, he's averaging just a, uh, north of 17 points. I I like Arkansas. From the stats perspective, he really got robbed from SEC Player of the Year. I mean, Herb Jones leading them to the championship—hard to argue with, but. Yeah, it's also nice to note that this Arkansas team is super balanced. They're ranked uh, 14th in defense and 55th in offense. a really balanced team. Let's move on to a 7 versus 10 matchup. 7 seed Florida Gators against 8 seed Virginia Tech. This one, I, I have Florida. And just because Virginia Tech hasn't even played that many games, two months pause, like in the middle of their season. Um, like, I honestly, I've never seen this before. Well, it's a COVID year. but Well, yeah, no one's ever seen it before. Yeah, but I think Florida was a little bit overseeded. But that being said, I, I like Florida in this one. I like Florida, too. I mean, uh, they've been kind of inconsistent. But uh, Trey Mann is, is really electric to watch. They've got the best free field goal percentage in the SEC, 46%. Uh, and Virginia, yeah, I mean – Virginia Tech's not a bad team, and they could easily win this game. But uh, I, I think Florida State uh, more physical and uh, beats them. I think that this is such a toss-up game because you really don't have any idea how Virginia Tech plays because their literal whole season has been, you know, they play three games and you know they go like two and one, and then they're on COVID break, and now they're playing their next three games, and they go on COVID break again, and you know they've lost to teams like Pitt, but they've also you know, they've lost to teams like Georgia Tech and they've also blown out teams. So I- I'm going to Florida just because 
You're going to have this Georgia Tech debate later, don't you? Or... Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, okay, so we got Florida moving on. Let's go to the two-seed Ohio State ball guys against 15-seed uh, Earl Roberts. And, Blowout. Blowout. Uh, this is Ohio State. And you know what? I was doing some research on Earl Roberts. Um, they actually have, I think, the number one scorer in the entire NCAA in points per game. Uh, with that being said, their tallest player is six foot seven. And normally when Ohio State's playing a team, uh, they don't have the height for that. Um, but it's rare that you'll have Ohio State going up against a team that does not have the height for Ohio State. Yeah, I like Ohio State too, but you should not sleep on Oral Roberts. They could definitely give Ohio State a game. If you're looking for a spread to bet on, I like Oral Roberts. Their offense is really good. They're great from three-point and from the free-throw line. Uh, as Dylan mentioned, they've you know got that great player. Uh, it, it could happen, but you know they don't. Nah. Have size. They don't have size. It, 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 they they I, don't have size. EJ Liddell and if Kyle Young is back, especially they will probably. I don't know, but they right. They've got the number one free throw percentage. It's like eighty three percent or something like that. Uh, fifth best three point percentage. They're averaging eighty three points a game. Uh, I think they. I think this is a, a high scorer though. Okay, let's let's move on because we want to. We're kind of we want to just a little bit quicker. We got Ohio State moving on there. Okay, uh, let's go back up in the round of thirty two. We're gonna have one seed Baylor against North Carolina. Uh, this one should be really interesting. I think uh, you're gonna have talent on both sides. I think Baylor's guard play um, is just gonna outlast North Carolina. I think North Carolina will turn the ball over a ton. Um, I think Baylor moves on to the Sweet 16. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Baylor's guards, the North Carolina just has no answer for them. I mean, they're great on the boards, but so is Baylor. I think that is a wash, and it's just Jared Butler takes over. Yeah, I agree. There's not much to be said. All right. Let's move on to uh, Winthrop against Purdue. Um, I like Purdue a lot. I, I think that – there and Winthrop will not have an option for Travion Williams and the backup center Zach Eady. Yeah, uh, Purdue has shooters. Uh, they also have great guard depth, uh, outstanding freshmen who could maybe make a splash. Uh, I like Purdue winning this. I mean, I, I would like to see a good game, and I would like to see Winthrop coming off a big upset against Villanova, um, beat Purdue, but I I don't see it happening. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I I actually like Purdue. Unfortunately, um, they run into Baylor the next game they play. But um, I, I'm, I like Purdue. They've had a tough uh, season, and they've played well. Yeah, they're the tallest team in the Big Ten, which is saying a lot. And I just do not think Winthrop has the the big guys. I mean, their their point guard is, is great, but I think Purdue will have an answer for him and just out, out glass and outscore inside Winthrop. Okay, let's go to the other game. Uh, six seeded Texas Tech against Arkansas. Uh, I like the upset here. I think Texas Tech is going to be able to handle the fast pace of Arkansas. Uh, I think Mac McClung's going to make big shots down the stretch. And all in all, I feel like Arkansas is kind of kind of um, get caught off guard by how the the defense that Texas Tech plays and how physical they're going to be with them. I think this is one of the most interesting games in the tournament if you want the truth because I think it can truly go either way. Um, we know Mac McClung is going to hit clutch shots down the stretch. He always has, always will. But I love Moses Moody and 
I'm going to go Arkansas. Yeah, I like Texas Tech. Uh, they're great in March. The you know their coat, the beard. They've they've taken them the Final Four. Uh, you know they're they're clutch shooting. I I think Arkansas is just not ready for the Big Twelve brand of basketball that we've seen this year. And I think Texas Tech has you know weathered a lot of games against Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Baylor, Texas, and uh, I think Arkansas has kind of had a pushover schedule absent some you know track meets with Alabama. Okay, so let's move on to the last team to go to the Sweet 16 uh, for this region. Uh, Florida versus Ohio State. I think Ohio State's going to win this one pretty handedly. To be honest, I don't think either Florida or Virginia Tech out of that first-round matchup can beat Ohio State. I think Ohio State's uh, three-point shooting will really show up. I think Ohio State's going to be more physical. And I think between Dwayne Washington and EJ Liddell, I mean, you can't get better scorers than that. Yeah. yeah, not much to say. I, I think they find a way to to guard Trey Mann with you know Dwayne Washington, and uh, they 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 beat up on Florida. I, I agree. I think this is just going to be a domination. Okay, let's move on to the Sweet Sixteen matchup: Baylor against Purdue. And you know what? Looking at this, I've kind of gone back and forth, and I, I've sometimes been inclined to pick Purdue here, uh, just because I feel like when they go up against a uh, a solid big man. Like we, we saw in their loss against Kansas, um, for Kansas was just dominant in the paint area. And I think Purdue has a similar player in, in Travion Williams. But I think, again, it comes down to Baylor's guards. Um, Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, and Macy Oteague are the maybe the three best shot-creating uh, guards in the entire thing, and they're all on the same team. I think Baylor's going to end up winning this game, but that one should be incredible if it happens. Yeah, I think Baylor's talking about Baylor's guards is going to be a theme for us. I think uh, you know, winning what was it, 23 games when you're playing in the Big 12 against all these unbelievable teams is just really impressive. Purdue's great. You know, they could score inside, but I don't think they can they can guard, you know, Baylor's versatile guards. Yeah, I'm going to agree here. The only thing that I have uh, that Purdue really is going for them is that they are going to just dominate Baylor on the boards, which means Baylor cannot miss because they're not going to be able to get offensive boards. So um, I'm going to go Baylor. All right. Then they're going to be meeting the winner of uh, six-seed Texas Tech against two-seed Ohio State. This one, again, really interesting. Um, and I, I think this one could go either way. I, I think Texas Tech could actually match up really well with Ohio State. Um, just because they won't need to compensate for a size of another opponent they might play. Uh, Ohio State kind of plays like a small ball brand of basketball, and Texas Tech is kind of good at guarding those teams, much like a Baylor. Um, I think Ohio State edges it out just because I think Dwayne Washington um, is just a big game player. Uh, He scored like 30 points against Illinois in the Big Ten Championship game. Both Michigan games he scored like 27 and 30 um, he's a big-time player. E.J. Liddell, um, I think he's going to get his three-point shot going, which was kind of missing throughout the uh, last couple of games of the Big Ten. I think Ohio State wins, but I would not be surprised if Texas Tech in this matchup ends up winning that game. Yeah, I'm going to agree um, with you, Smith. I think – honestly, I think you covered it pretty well. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Texas Tech could easily win this game, but I'm going to default to the analytics on this one. I mean, Texas Tech's great in March, but Ohio State is just basically better on every facet of the game, and Texas Tech, I just I think their they're run stops here. 
All right, and then the Elite Eight matchup, Baylor versus Ohio State. And we said it from the beginning, I'm pretty sure, um, or at least Chase had it, with uh, Baylor and Gonzaga both in the Final Four. And I know it's going to be a popular pick, but Smith, these that was two me. teams. Okay, fine. That, no, fine. It was you. Yeah, it was. Sure. Yes, it was Yas, actually. Um, anyways, like throughout the season, we've been saying how great that Baylor and Gonzaga are, and they're by far the top tier. Then Baylor had the COVID pause. Um, but I think this Baylor team is going to come back. I think they're going to make it to the Final Four, beat Ohio State, and uh, match up with whoever wins out of the Midwest region. This is, in my opinion, one of the toughest choices I've had to make in March ma- uh, in the bracket because obviously this means a lot in, if you're going by points. Um, I think I, I think it's a toss-up. I think Ohio State has uh, they played well against Illinois, and in my opinion – Illinois down the stretch has been better than uh, Baylor down the stretch. But, again, I think Baylor gets hot. They win a couple games, and I think Baylor has this one. You know, to be fair, Ohio State did not play well against Illinois. They did not look great. But uh, I actually like Ohio State in this one. I mean, I know I'm the minority here, but uh, I expect an Ohio State that we've seen, uh, for example, that the time they, you know, the 93-94 game against Michigan – uh, that they ended up losing, and they're not great down the stretch, but I, I think they put it together, and their big guys just uh, figure it out. So, Okay, so we got Baylor in the Final Four spot. Let's go down to the Midwest region, which is definitely really interesting here. I think this is, all in all, maybe the hardest region, um, or at least the top half is like the hardest uh, subregion. Um, Illinois is the number one seed here. They've been playing incredible basketball. Um I, that's, I don't know what more to say. Uh, Kofi Coburn has been really dominant on the, in the inside. Um, Iota Sumu is Iota Sumu. And you know what you're, you're going to get with him uh, every day or every game. Uh, they've gotten like some pretty solid minutes, too, from Adam Miller, freshman, uh, who's been uh, hitting a lot of threes. Um, Demonte Williams, who's been hitting some threes for them. Illinois is a really well-rounded team. They're battle-tested uh, because they play in the Big Ten, the toughest conference. They are playing as good as anyone else in the country. And with that being said, the Drexel Dragons. <laughs> Unfortunately, stand no chance. The name is spectacular. Come on, like it's great. But unfortunately, it, this will be the end of the road for the Dragons. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think this is the year for Illinois. If you want I think Illinois is great. The other player I will mention that you didn't mention is Andre Curbelo. Uh, oh. If you watch him pull up from mid-range and then just jump so high in the air. Uh, it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, fun fact: he threw down his first dunk and his second <laughs> dunk two games ago. Thank you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's move on to um, my favorite eight-nine matchup: eight-seeded Loyola Chicago versus nine-seeded Georgia Tech, and both these teams are just. I think, in my opinion, Loyola Chicago should have been a six-seed. Giving them an eight-seed is not just unfair for Georgia Tech. But it's unfair for Illinois because Illinois is going to have to play whoever they play. If they, if let's say they go, they beat Drexel, they're going to have to play a really solid team in the round of 32. I'll start with my picks. I know Jack has a complete opposite pick here. I think Georgia Tech is going to win this game. And um, Georgia Tech has won uh, eight games straight. They've just won the ACC championship. Um, they're an outstanding defensive team where they run this really interesting zone defense where it's like a 2-3 zone, but it switches to a man-to-man defense after like 10 seconds on the shot clock. 
Uh, Jose Alvarado is one of the best defensive guards in the country. Averages like 16 points per game and three steals per game. Um, Moses Wright is the ACC Player of the Year on Georgia Tech. Uh, I think Georgia Tech wins this game. It's going to be a defensive battle, but I just like Georgia Tech's uh, perimeter players a lot better. I like Loyola Chicago. Uh, I think Cameron Crutwig, 6'9", 255, is a problem in the post and will be for Illinois, too. Uh, I think they, they also have uh, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, Lucas Williamson, in their conference. They're third in defensive rebounding. They're number one in defensive efficiency. But they also shoot 58% from the two. Uh, I mean, can, Georgia Tech doesn't turn the ball over, and they've got good turnover defense, which could present issues. But they wouldn't even have made the tournament if they didn't beat, you know, win the ACC. They would have made the tournament. They 100 percent would have made the tournament. Come on. Oh, they would, but they wouldn't have been ranked ninth. I'm gonna agree with Jack here. Um, I think, nice. Um, another thing with uh, that Loyola Chicago is going is that they've been there before. They're um, as yes, Jack said, right uh, Cameron uh, Crutwick. Has been there before. He's been in the uh, the spotlight. I mean, he knows what to do when it when March Madness rolls around. I like Loyola Chicago. That okay. final four <laughs> Loyola Chicago moves on. I get outvoted, unfortunately. Um, next game is number five seed Tennessee against twelve seed Oregon State. And I'm gonna be honest, Oregon State might have gotten a little bit lucky stealing that big in the bid in the Pac-12. Yeah, they they are not good. I, no, I, it. I, I don't. Yeah. They hit how many threes in the chip? Like, they shot like 70%. That's not going to happen. Tennessee missing John Fulkerson, one of their best players, but they're a great defensive team. Uh, Yves Pond, you should watch him block shots. He's incredible. It's going to be fun. I do not think this game's going to be close. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I think uh, Oregon State lost to, like, got killed by Oregon. I I really just don't think Oregon State is all that great either. Um, I, I think it's not. I mean, they're not. They, they got lucky. They got lucky yeah. and won a couple of games. They got in the tournament. But we can all move comfortably. It's a popular it. pick, though. I don't really know why. It is, but I, out of people that haven't watched basketball. All, out of all the 12-5 upsets, I feel most confident with this one. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Oz. Next, uh, yeah. uh, four-seed Oklahoma State against 13-seed Liberty. Oklahoma State with Kate Cunningham. Uh, they just lost to Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, but they've won um, a bunch of really hard games. They beat Baylor. Uh, I think Oklahoma State was underseeded here. They, they were given a four seed. I think they should have gotten a three seed. Uh, with that being said, uh, I think Oklahoma State wins this game. But watch out. Liberty is is a, an experienced team. This is their third straight year in the tournament. They are, like, you can't – Oklahoma State not overlook Liberty. Bro, Smith, Kate Cunningham – I, I, I'm not saying that this is like a runaway game, but they, they, Kate Cunningham is so good. I know and it's not it's just Kate Cunningham. I mean, if you watch, they actually beat, I believe, West Virginia without Kate Cunningham. Yeah. I mean, Boone, you know, took over the games. I'm gonna go with Oklahoma State too. Liberty's also a popular upset pick. They're definitely a good 13 seed, you know, uh, compared to the other ones besides maybe Ohio, uh, but. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State makes a good run in this one. Listen, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oklahoma State should win, but it's March, and sometimes when you have experienced teams that are that are pretty solid, like Liberty. Yeah, uh, Kate Cunningham's yeah. great, but he's a freshman. I mean, he was in high school last year. It's a really Oklahoma State is a really young team. Um, I, I, Oklahoma State sh- should win. They have way more talent, but watch out for that one. Uh, 
Next game is another just – I think this one's a complete toss-up. Uh, Six-seed San Diego State against 11-seed Syracuse. Both these teams play really good defense, but I think the difference is going to be Buddy Beheim, who's a set of coach, uh, Jim Beheim for Syracuse, who is an outstanding three-point shooter, um, has played really well in the ACC tournament. I think Syracuse wins this game, but I do like San Diego State too. Uh, Smith, I'm going to completely agree with you. They played Virginia really close. I've liked them for a while now. They beat North Carolina. They beat Clemson. They beat NC State down the stretch. I I like Syracuse as well. You know, I uh, am going to go with San Diego State. I probably have not thought about this game as much as a lot of the other ones, but San Diego State's won like 14 straight. Uh, you know, they beat at non-conference. They beat UCLA, UC Irvine, and – uh, Arizona State, who are all all right, uh, you know, played BYU pretty close. It was pretty good. Uh, I think the Aztecs win it, but I guess okay, I'm so we split a little bit there. But we have Syracuse moving on with that one. Now, three seeded West Virginia against fourteen seed Moorhead State. Um, I think West Virginia uh, should win this game again. Moorhead State is a, is a pretty solid fourteen seed. I don't know if you, if you're someone who likes to pick a fourteen over three, this is definitely one that's interesting. Uh, I. I think the thing is, I think West Virginia is just too physical, and West Virginia has the ability to go on these runs where everyone's making shots. Where they have Deuce McBride, uh, Taz Sherman off the bench, who can drop a quick twenty points in any given game. Oh yeah, uh, Derek Culver in the low post, great rebounder, great finisher. I like West Virginia in this one. I Smith, I'm gonna agree, but I think Morehead State kind of got screwed with who they had to play because I think they could have beat a different three seed. Um, I like West Virginia. I like West Virginia to actually win the next game as well. Um, uh, I mean, besides maybe Kansas, all these three seeds are pretty good. But maybe I, are I think, I think that if you look at the spread, 12 and a half is a lot of points. That's true. Yeah. I like West Virginia too. I think another player you, you didn't touch on is Jalen Bridges. He's great. Uh, Moorhead State beat uh, Belmont twice, who uh, won 26 games. So you can look out for them. They're not bad at all, but I think West Virginia is a more well-rounded, better rebounding team. Mm-hmm. Next, let's go to a really interesting 7 versus 10 matchup. 7 seed Clemson against 10 seed Rutgers. And in this one, I like Rutgers. I think that Rutgers is a really physical team. Um, they have two great guards in Ron Harper Jr. and Geo Baker. Um, this is actually Rutgers' first tournament appearance. I'm, I don't know if it's like the first ever or like first I think it's been like 30, 40 years. Yeah, it's been like 1980 maybe. Smith, have they earned the S back? They have absolutely earned the S back. They've actually had a really solid season this year, but they're just in the hardest conference in America. Uh, with that being said, Miles Johnson is one of the best uh, defensive big men maybe in the country. I, I think Clemson's going to win this – or not Clemson, Rutgers is going to win this game. Sorry about that. Uh I don't know about Clemson. They're just, they just, I don't know. They don't, they, I don't think they could score enough to win that game. Uh, see, I, I don't know because Clemson's played decent basketball as of late. But if you look back a couple months, they've played really bad basketball. Um, I like Rutgers as well. They're in a way, they're in a tougher conference. Um, they've, they've shown that they can beat teams. Like they can beat really good teams. Um, for those reasons and what Smith said, I'm going to go Rutgers as well. Yeah, I think Clemson's not very good. I think Rutgers is very good. Ron Harper Jr., and you just should watch Miles Johnson block shots down low. 
he is a problem. He's going to post up all over Clemson. I think Rutgers definitely wins this game. Next, let's go to the two seed uh, Houston against 15 Cleveland State. Houston is going to move on. They're just going to be more physical. They're going to be more athletic. They're going to play better defense. And for those reasons, Houston's going to win pretty comfortably. Although, watch out if this line gets too big because Cleveland State is, in terms of Kempom uh, rankings, they're actually not that bad um, compared to like, the other 15 seeds. But again, you should pick Houston here. Um, I think, yeah, I agree. I think Houston kind of bullies bad teams um you know cincinnati they beat by like 45 and or something like that in the finals um they can't really like, two lane i think they killed as well um, oh my god i watched that game they crushed them the thing is like cincinnati's not even a bad team like cleveland state's a bad team houston is used to playing these teams not in a power five conference this game's not gonna be close yeah yeah I agree. Okay, we, we can move on <laughs> <laughs> uh, round of 32 matchups, uh, Illinois taking on Loyola Chicago. This one should be just super fun in general. I, I just hope this game isn't a blowout because this, this should have – it's a state game with a little bit of rivalry. I don't really know. but There's, there's zero rivalry. Zero. I don't think – okay, there's kind of a rivalry. The Chicago Tribune is running about it. Cameron Krutwig is a great matchup for Kofi Coburn. If anyone can guard him, I think it might be him. They've got good guard play. They've got great defense. Io sometimes shrieky. Loyola Chicago could win this game. I'm going to take Illinois because I don't want to sound like an idiot. But Jack, Loyola Chicago wins. Don't be surprised. I just, I just took fault of like something you said there. You said that Crutwick could be the one to defend Coburn. The he reason is. why it's is that no one can defend Coburn. No one <sighs> in the entire country, one-on-one, can defend Kofi Coburn. He is too big. He is too strong, and he's was way too physical. I don't think there's a player in this country who can defend him. Now, here's here's the one issue with him is he gets himself into foul trouble quick, and that's that's where that's where Loyola Chicago can beat them. Is it? Yeah, I just, no, if he is, I share one more gripe I have with Illinois. They have the 316th best or worst turnover defense. They do not. Other teams do not turn the ball over. Is that because they're in the Big Ten? They're playing great teams. Maybe, but they don't really get that many steals. I mean, because they really rely on the you know big guy down low. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, but yeah, we have Illinois moving on to that one. Yeah, um, let's go to the other matchup. This one's super interesting. Five seed Tennessee against four seed Oklahoma State. Um, I think Cade Cunningham is the truth. I think he's going to have a like Kemba esque <laughs> uh, type of run in the tournament where he's hitting game winners. Um, Oklahoma State, like this, I. I think that they're that they're a team that's a Sweet 16 caliber team. Yeah, I think so too. I think they might even be. I mean, if they were running into Illinois, I think they they could. I mean, they could. Whatever. We'll talk about that later. But I think they beat Tennessee. Uh, if John Fulkerson with uh, you know he got elbowed in the face in their uh, game against Florida in the tournament, if he's not back, I think they definitely lose. He's a big part of their offense, big leader, older guy. Uh, but I like Oklahoma State no matter what. Um. Well. Since my vote doesn't matter, and I can say this without like changing anything, I like Tennessee because I had them in the final four from the beginning, and that's the one team that doesn't seem like they are, they have a shot. But uh, yeah, I, I like Oklahoma State as well. Forever, yeah. Let's much. move on down to the 11 seed Syracuse against West Virginia. This one again to me is interesting. Um, I do have some. Worries about West Virginia's defense, which is usually just a focal point of that team, but this year their offense is really carrying a load. 
West Virginia should win this game. But again, the keyword is should. But the keyword is the keyword is Syracuse in a tournament uh, style uh, situation where you have one day to prepare for that two three zone. It's it's hard. But I think one thing I will say about that though is West Virginia was actually playing a five out offense in some of these games, which is good versus the zone. They can shoot the three. They can drive and penetrate. They can have you know their big guys go down low like Derek Culver. Uh, I have not. I need to watch some Syracuse film, but I like West Virginia. So yeah, I, I think Taz Sherman is going to be the one who goes off in that game. Yeah, I just have I just have one quick question: Is Syracuse the team that also made a run at like the eleven seed like it three did. Or four years it ago? Did. Yeah, and they're under the same coach, correct? Well, yes, yeah, Jim Beheim. It's I, a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked to see Syracuse end up on top of that. I think West Virginia wins. Okay. <laughs> it should be a great game, though. Let's move on to Rutgers-Houston. And this one is going to be interesting. Uh, I think Jack and I are on the same page of this one. The deal with Houston is that they're a really good defensive rebounding team. Um, they don't play inside out. They play a lot of guards, very guard-oriented. They're very athletic. They're very physical. And um, they win a lot of their games by just being more athletic and more physical than the other team. They don't shoot the three ball all that well. Um, compared to the other teams who are like top 10 in adjusted offensive efficiency. I think Rutgers is a really tough matchup for Houston because yeah. Rutgers has experience playing against physical teams. Rutgers themselves um, are a really good defensive team, really physical down low. Um, I think that they could contend with the athletes on Houston. I think uh, Geo Baker is going to end up having a great game in this one. I think Rutgers will actually win this game and the two seed will fall. Dang it! That's I. You literally beat me to the punchline of that. Rutgers lines up so perfectly against Houston. Um, as you said, uh, Rutgers has played these big physical opponents as in the Big Ten. They've played these athletic guys in the Big Ten for their whole season at this point. And I'm not gonna say they they haven't held their own, but you know, 15 and 11 is pretty good. And I, I also agree that this is the upset. Yeah, I echo what the both of you said. I, I mean, Houston is very good, and they could very easily blow out Rutgers, but I, I like Rutgers. It's just a really t- bad matchup if you're Houston. Yeah, no. I like this sure. they, they, they're going to have to shoot the lights out. They're going to have to dribble and penetrate and uh, double-team these, these big guys. The good news is um, if you pick the upset, it won't matter because West Virginia is winning the next round. Not so fast. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Let's go up above to the top part of the Sweet 16 with Illinois versus Oklahoma State. Uh, I The issue with, with this matchup is I don't think Oklahoma State has anyone to guard Coburn. They're going to have to double him down low, um, which will allow the shooters of Illinois, uh, Iota Sumu, and um, Adam Miller, Trent Frazier, I think, to get open looks. Kate Cunningham, I think, will have a great game because um, it's a big moment against Kate Cunningham. But I think it's going to be too much for Oklahoma State to handle. And I think Illinois is going yeah, to Yeah, no, nobody can guard Kofi. The, the only way Oklahoma State's going to win this game is if Cade Cunningham scores 35-plus points, they go to OT, and Iowa's cold. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I, I think um, Illinois at this point in the season is the best team in the country right now, the way that they have been playing. Um, I think, again, Cade Cunningham is unbelievable. Don't get me wrong. But I think that he can't put up, you know, 50 points to just outlast Illinois, who has probably three significantly better players. Okay. 
So we have Illinois in the Elite Eight. Let's go down to the bottom part with number three seeded West Virginia against 10 seeded Rutgers. This is why it doesn't matter. Well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. This game could be good. Both teams are physical. Both teams have big men down low who are going to rebound the ball at a pretty high rate. I just think West Virginia shooting um, from the three-point range is going to be a little bit too much for Rutgers. Rutgers doesn't take a lot of threes, and they don't make a lot of threes. Um, And for that reason, I think this one might turn into a shootout, which really goes against Rutgers here. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to – I mean, I'm going to agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, they've played Oklahoma State. Oh, West Virginia's played Oklahoma State close every time they've played. They played Baylor close. West Virginia's proven that they're a good team. They can play against teams in showtime. Um, and then for the reasons that Smith said, I also like West Virginia. Yeah, I think the reason we have Rutgers winning two games is because they're a great matchup against those two. I think they're not a good matchup against West Virginia. I think West Virginia is kind of just a more talented, faster, you know, more Big 12 experience version of Rutgers with great big guys, great guards who move and, and are able to score and shoot the three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now to go to the final four from this region, Illinois, West Virginia. I, I'm going to start. I think this one should be incredible. This would be a great game. Um, the thing that, again, I'm going to say the issue is Kofi Coburn. Uh, I think from what we've seen from Derek Culver, the big man for West Virginia, who's a, a solid defender, he just fouls too much. And I, yeah. think, I think I like Illinois' depth a little bit more in this game. Uh, I do think Deuce McBride against Io DeSumo will be maybe one of the best guard matchups. We possibly oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, Illinois is playing like the best team in the country besides Gonzaga. Uh, I think they're destined to make the final four here, and yeah, yeah. I'm 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 so excited for this game. I mean, I I like Illinois too. West Virginia could pull it off, but uh, they're they're not a great matchup. Derek Culver's good, but Kobe Coburn's got like forty pounds on him, and he's in like three inches. Like it is just going to be so tough for anyone to guard this guy. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with uh, both of you guys. I like Illinois. Um, I watched. I've watched a decent run of Illinois basketball. Like, um, as you said, Kofi is going to be unstoppable. They're going to have to figure out to try to stop AO, uh, IO. It's going to be tough. Okay, so we got Illinois as the third team. By the way, we have all three one seeds so far in it. So we'll see what happens in the last region. Uh-huh. Uh, this is yeah. I, I think I can tell what's going on here. Uh, we'll start off Michigan. Um, which is just a different Michigan team because Isaiah Livers got hurt. Um, with Isaiah Livers, they're probably right up there with the other teams, but they played well without him. Michigan will still beat the winner of Mount St. Mary's in Texas Southern, by opinion. and I think Mount St. Mary's is going to beat Texas Southern in the playing game. Uh, but I think we could safely advance Michigan to the uh, round. Yeah, let me just quickly put something in before we completely destroy Michigan, is that they just cannot beat Ohio State in anything. They beat him. In they split with them, y'all. What are you talking about? How about academics, business school? They're, you know, they went. They went. Their claim to fame was we're a basketball school, and then Ohio State beat them in basketball. They split with them, y'all. And one of the games without. <laughs> That's true. And they were both like what, like a one point game, both games. Yeah. And now Ohio State's gonna go far. Okay, but we're wasting time back. that we could be spending talking about bodies in LSU. All right, eight seed LSU against nine seed St. Bonaventure. Again, I've gone back and forth on this oh. one. But I like the Bonnies. I think they're extremely overlooked here. 
I think their defense is outstanding. I think they have a more balanced offensive attack. They have five guys who average double figures. Um, LSU is a great team. They, they have more talent. LSU is the, is the more talented team. Cam Thomas is a great player. Uh, Watford is a great player. But I think St. Bonaventure is going to surprise some people. And I like the balanced attack on both ends of the field. You know, I like um, LSU. They play fast. Yeah. They score. They're averaging 80 points a game. They, they've got the eighth-ranked offense right now. Cameron uh, Thomas and Trent Watford, great shots. That game against Alabama was awesome. Alabama's got a phenomenal defense, and they just were getting torn up by these guys. I don't think these mid-major conferences can are, are going to compete with the LSU yeah. Tigers. The A-10, yeah. In basketball, the A-10 is not really mid-major. Oh, come on. What the, I don't understand. Bro, you Bro. watched the St. Bonnie's game and said they were terrible. They played one bad game. What do you mean they're not at the analytics? I'm looking there. Smith, come on. You're going to tell me. LSU, you watched that game against Alabama. They looked phenomenal. They looked great. They they had three chances on the last possession to beat a two seed. Dude, LSU is. LSU is the team that could beat Michigan next round. LSU, St. Bonaventure, I think St. Bonaventure could beat Michigan. I think St. Bonaventure has a better shot. Well, we know Michigan's not good. That's not what we're arguing here. But LSU, LSU is, I, I think they're great. They have, they're the perfect team for March Madness. They're all offense and no defense. That's kind of how yeah. you do March no, Madness. Statistically, that does not work. Yes, I, it does. I've seen a Final Four team in like, the bottom I'm, third of, of defensive efficiency I, ever. I'm not saying – yeah, I'm not saying you're, like, going to go to the Final Four or anything, but statistically that's how you win a couple of games. And you win with – you win with balance attack. You win with – you win with – You don't uh, win with defense. You know majority you takes LSU. Let's talk about Colorado Georgia. No, no, no. You I'm know you don't win with defense. Okay, y'all. Yeah, we'll have the tape then. When the Bonnies win against LSU, I'll show you this. Okay. Okay, deal. Okay, let's quickly move on. Okay. Number How about Kentucky winning the SEC tournament? How'd that go? What? We, why are you even talking about that at this point? <laughs> yeah, Smith, right. did you pick a single one? Right? Nope. <laughs> I did. I, I, I actually won that, that, by the way, for whoever's keeping track at home. Okay, whatever. Okay, number five, Colorado against number 12, Georgetown. Uh, Another oh. interesting matchup. I think – so Colorado's a really solid team, but if you look at their home and road splits, they play really – uh, a lot worse when they're not at home. And I think that could be attributed to the altitude of Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding, Yoss. Look at the statistics there, okay? I, I think Georgetown is playing really hot. I, I think they are a great rebounding team. Um, they've stopped turning the ball over, which was like their biggest issue um, early in the year when they were losing all those games. I like the 12 seed here in the upset. Yeah, um, I think I'm pretty sure I explained this for like the Villanova one. <laughs> but uh, I like Georgia as well. <laughs> They're hot. Um, they uh, they just knocked off a couple of gr- uh, not great teams, but they knocked off Creighton. They uh they knocked off Seton Hall. They knocked off Nova. I I like Georgetown. Yeah, I'm not going with you guys here. Colorado has a rotation that goes ten players deep. Georgetown Hoyas have lost twelve games. They're thirteen twelve. They would not have been in a tournament. No, no. Let me talk. Let me talk. They. The only reason they beat Creighton was because Creighton shot 20% from three, and they had, like, 20 turnovers, and Georgetown had, like, 30 offensive rebounds. Yes, they're a good offensive rebounding team. Yes, they're coached by Patrick Ewing. They're not going to beat Colorado. Colorado is the second-best team in the country shooting free throws at 83%. Jeremiah Horn 
is shooting 44% from the three-point line, 91% from free throws. They do not lose this game. Dude, Colorado Colorado is the same team that just lost to Oregon State. Because Oregon State shot Jack, 70%. Jack, we watched that game. Come on. Jack, the altitude. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's not the altitude. It is the altitude. We'll see. We'll come back to this. We'll come back to this in a week and see what happens. But well, I don't like Oregon State. We got to move on. We got to move on. We gotta move on. No, no. When Smith knows the altitude. Though. He's historically been oh, right. Oh, come on. I mean, the altitude players yeah, I mean. Say <laughs> Jack, name one time Smith's been wrong about altitude. Oh, wait. Like, uh, that, remember that time when he talked about that yeah, home run, like Zurich or whatever? Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. We don't talk okay, about you know what? Florida State beats UNC Greensboro. Can we talk yeah. about this BYU yeah. game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go All right, so we have Florida State, Florida State moving on against 13 UNC Greensboro. Should be a pretty solid, easy matchup for Florida State because they're just way more dominant. Um, taller, more athletic. Okay. They're the tallest team of the country. So yeah. Yep. Let's go on to six seed BYU against the winner of Michigan State versus UCLA in the playing game. I think Michigan State is going to beat UCLA in the playing game. I think Michigan State is going to beat BYU. Um, Michigan State is playing when Michigan State is on, which I think they will be because Tom Izzo and it's in March Madness. When they're on, they've beaten Ohio State, Michigan, and Illinois. Ding, ding, ding. Completely agreed. And when they're on, they play really well. I like this BYU team. I really do. But I think the I think Michigan State, if they win the playing game, could beat BYU in this one. I Yeah, I I agree. They have a Hall of Fame coach. Um, you know, you can almost count on it that when push comes to shove, they're going to be ready. And I think that BYU will not be able to handle – uh, assuming Michigan State gets out um, of the playing game, I don't think they'll be able to handle Michigan State. You know, I like BYU in this one. I think they looked great against Gonzaga. They had the closest game that Gonzaga's had the entire year. I think Michigan State's been shrieky. Yes, they're talented. Yes, not they were true. great beginning of the not year. True. Pepperdine. What do you mean not true? They've lost like 12 games. No, Pepperdine, bro. Pepperdine played Gonzaga close. No, they did not. No, they Pepperdine did not. They ended up losing by 20. They ended up losing by 20. No, yeah, no. They played, they played a close first half. So did BYU. Okay, whatever. Pepperdine's a phenomenal team. We, we, we can talk about that later. Okay, but let's move on to – I think BYU wins. Let's go on to three-seed Texas against 14-seed Abilene Christian. Slaughter. Texas has, I, let me finish. Texas has uh, great guard uh, play. Uh, Coleman is awesome. Andrew Jones is great. Um, Jericho Sims is a really great defender in the low post, and he's now starting to score. Um, I, I like the buys. I think Texas is a really solid three seed. Um, another another I, reason I like Texas specifically in this game is that uh, Abel Christian is the worst team in the tournament against zone defense, and Texas plays the most – or one of the most zone defense in the entire tournament. Uh, so, yes, we'll talk about Texas being really good later, I'm sure. But in this matchup especially, I think they, they blow them out. Yeah, next, next game. All right. Uh, this is another interesting 7v10 matchup. 7-seed UConn against 10-seed Maryland. And we talked about Cade Cunningham, but now it's time to talk about James Booknight, who should be talked about in the same conversation. Okay, Booknight is, in my opinion, we have a lottery pick in the NBA draft. He's absolutely electric. He can take over a game. He can make big shots. Uh, I like UConn. This game should be awesome. It should be super close. A lot of three points. Uh, shoot. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I hinted at this earlier. I think UConn is a good team. I think that they are going to win this game, and I think they have a shot at winning the next game. Uh, I like UConn, too. 
Okay, and the next game, uh, two-seed Alabama against 15-seed Iona, coached by Rick Pitino. All right, Bama. Bama. Okay, well, can, can I just get a little blurb out? This is really cool. Okay, no, 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 we don't have time. Let, let, we let, don't have time. Alabama plays really fast. They're really good. Rick Pitino's obviously got a lot of experience in Louisville, Kentucky, but his team sucks. All right, we'll, we'll get we'll get to Bama in the next one. Go. Yeah, let's go on uh, Michigan against LSU. This seems like a really tough round of 32 game. I like to say Bonaventure, but. <laughs> <laughs> so you're picking think... the upset. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I, I think without Isaiah Livers, this Michigan team is not that good, but I think they're good enough to beat a pretty, like, average LSU defense. I think that Absolutely. Michigan actually has the, the size to guard LSU. Um, I think they're probably just like Franz Wagner, uh, who's a great defender. Yeah, I don't, I don't think LSU has played a team as good as Michigan. I mean, they've played a lot of fast SAT teams, and they've scored a lot. But I don't think against these big Michigan defenders and, you know, the great ball movement Michigan has an offense that LSU is going to be able to keep up. Yeah, I'm going to unfortunately agree. The only thing that um, – for Smith, obviously, you know Michigan a lot better. Um, you guys covered it well, but – the only thing that LSU is going for them is that Michigan is just disappointment after disappointment in every sport. Man, have like, like, they have like five Sweet 16s in the last the, like, they, they, they could be disappointment <laughs> here. Come on. Come on. So you, you, you know, come on. Bro, Georgetown, Florida State. You don't Georgetown, play Florida State. Guys, I, this, we got to continue. Um, Florida State is a team that I, I always love come tournament time because yeah, they're absolutely yeah. huge. They're, they're like in the uh, uh, Space Jam, like the monsters, okay? They have uh, Raekwon Gray, who can dribble the ball up, who's at 6'8". Scotty Barnes is a projected lottery pick, 6'9". Um, they have a really big center, uh, seven foot. I like Florida State to beat Georgetown. Um, I think they're a complete team. I, I think that... Unfortunately, this is where Georgetown ends their uh, hot streak, and I think they're gonna, it's going to end in like a blowout fashion. I think Florida State is just so big. I, I can't see how they lose. Florida State is going to crush Georgetown in the unlikely event. They somehow beat Colorado. I do think Colorado is <laughs> a good matchup for Florida State, though. I so agree. if Colorado is a Sweet 16 team, you heard it here first. I, I agree Colorado can actually give FSU a run for their money. Um, let's go on to uh, – the Mich- winner of Michigan State, which we have Michigan State, uh, against Texas. Again, Texas has uh, – I think Texas – Yeah, Texas. Enough said. I mean, yeah, yeah, just go Texas. We'll skip. I mean, they're they're really good. Yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, UConn, Alabama. This is an interesting one. Okay, I'm looking at UConn and Kempom here. They're 24th in offensive efficiency, 25th in defensive efficiency. That's a balance. Kempom has been playing outstanding of late. Um but I like UConn in this one to win this game. I think this one's going to be a, a weird upset. Um, James Booknight, again, I think he's going to go off. He's going to control this game. I like UConn, I, but this one's – I can definitely see Bama too. I'm, I'm very torn because I'm going to – Smith, you, you focused on the individual players. I'm going to look at Bama as a team. They have beat, they have beat good teams – and they've crushed bad teams. Um, I I think they they have the offense to put up a hundred plus points. We've seen that they've done it maybe more than once. Um, I think the Bama's offense is unbelievable. The issue will come down: can they defend? 
And yeah. I don't know. Should Maryland beat uh, – I mean, should UConn beat Maryland? I think this is going to be uh, a game that's dominated by tempo. I think that Bama is one of the fastest teams in the tournament. UConn is one of the slowest teams in the tournament. Uh, and really, you know, when, when this big deferentials happened, uh, to be fair, Bama I don't think has really played that many slow teams. But uh, UConn has not been very good against fast teams. They did not have Bonite when they played against uh, St. John's, but they did lose that game. against the St. John's team was not that good. I think Bama's too fast. They're too athletic. They shoot too many threes. They beat UConn. Got it. We got Bama moving on. Now let's go to the Sweet 16. Michigan versus Florida State. I'm going to start off. I think Florida State is going to win unless Isaiah Livers somehow comes back from a foot injury. Uh, I think Florida State's size could be matched by Michigan. But I don't know if Michigan could score against a a really solid Florida State defense. We're going to have to shoot the three ball. Um, to win that game, and I just don't think they have that ability with Isaiah Levis hurt. Yeah, totally agree. I think Michigan's great when Hunter Dickinson does not have a great matchup. When he is matched up, they they have problems. Uh, Livers could be back. He really could be, and that could definitely give Florida State some problems when Michigan's you know firing on all cylinders. But otherwise, I think Florida State just outbodies them. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. I think um, this one might be uh, wait till the last second and see what the deal is with his injury is. Because if he's back, I think Michigan has this game. But if he's not back, I think FSU has this game. Yep. Okay, so we got Florida State moving on. Now, uh, three-seed Texas against two-seed Bama. I'm going to be honest. Again, it goes down to the guard depth of Texas. Um, I like their inside presence of Jericho Sims. Uh, I think that they're going to rebound the ball um, and get those second-chance opportunities that Bama actually doesn't let up that often. Um, I think Texas is going to win this game. Yes, I'm going to agree with you. I also think uh, Jerrica Sims is starting to score the ball too, and that's dangerous. When he can get rebounds and then score, that, that's, that's a good recipe for, for, a winning, uh, for winning Mark Madness right there. I like I'm that. super torn. I, I really think this one could go either way. Uh, you know, I'm, just for the sake of this, I'm going to go with Alabama. You know, same reason I've said before. Great from three. They're so fast. Herb Jones creates his own shots, can drive the basket, make layups, dunk. They're great on defense. Texas has got a lot of really good, really big guys, which are going to create problems for Bama. I'm excited to watch this game. Okay, now, between Texas and Florida State, who earns the final final four spot? Uh, I'm so torn. I think Florida State because of size, but I'm – I'm going to go with Texas in this one. I think that the guard play, I mean, I think Scotty Barnes, obviously great. I think Texas's depth is going to be a problem for Florida State. I think we might be giving Florida State too much credit. I think they beat some of these teams because they're more physical. They're bigger. I think Texas matches up well with them. Jericho Sims, Greg Brown, Kai Jones. um, I think they make more shots, and I like Texas the final four. For the reasons I was stated. Okay, Gonzaga versus Texas. Um, I like Gonzaga for the reason we said before. I think the issue with that game is that I just I think Texas might get into some foul trouble because they have to guard um, Drew Timmy. Um, I think Clark Kisper is going to be a bad matchup for whoever's on him just because he's such a great three point shooter. Gonzaga is going to be in the national championship. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nice. Now the other one. You know, 
I got. I think Gonzaga's probably going to win too. But I think if there's any team in the entire tournament who can beat Gonzaga, besides, I think it's going to be Texas. I think they match up well. They've got similar size. If they make shots, I think they've got a shot. Okay. I think Gonzaga's probably going to win because they're unbelievably good. But don't watch out for Texas. All right, next matchup, Baylor versus Illinois. And this is actually a rematch from earlier in the year where Baylor won by 20 points. But I think this is a completely different Illinois team. I, I would give the slight edge to Baylor here. Again, I think that the guards are just way too good on Baylor on, on the defensive end, and they're going to be way too good shooting threes. And to be honest, if Baylor goes to the Final Four, that would probably mean that they're back to their like middle-of-the-season uh, form, which was absolutely incredible. Um I think Baylor wins this game. I'm going to disagree with you here. I think, um, as you kind of just touched on, is that if you played in the middle of the season, it would be a different story. But they have now had COVID. They have, as you said, their defensive uh, efficiency has fallen I mean, through the floor. Um, I think, again, no one's going to be able to guard Kofi. I, I think AO's, uh, IO's going to have a great game. I, I like Illinois. You know, as the deciding vote, I think I'm also going to go with Illinois. I think they're a totally different team than when they played Baylor last time. I mean, if if they make it this far, if they can knock off Loyola, Chicago, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia, I I think they're. I mean, those those are totally different teams than Baylor. I think Baylor's a more most similar to Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, size wise, shooting wise, uh, I like Illinois. Okay, then we got the championship set: Gonzaga versus Illinois. Um, my winner is Gonzaga. This is the Zags year. This is a historic year in college basketball um, for this Gonzaga team. Um, Mark Few is finally going to win a national championship after many Final Four attempts. I, I like Gonzaga here. I, I just they're, they're they're destined. They've been the best year of the entire. They've been the best team the entire year. Uh, I see. I don't know what to do here because they they're. I would agree they're the best team. But if you look at, like, history, undefeated teams, I don't think have won March Madness since 1978. Well, the issue is there haven't been that many undefeated teams. Uh, but, yeah, but if, even if you look at how far they get, or even if you look when they get to March Madness, they don't win. All right. I, yeah, so I hate to break it to you, but your pick is not going to matter. Gonzaga is just so good. I mean, I think they find a way to guard Kofi Coburn. They're, they're, I mean, Io's unbelievable. They're, but, you know, Kispert and Suggs, it's, they're just such a problem. Okay, there you have it. Sorry, Yas, but you <laughs> outvoted. Gonzaga is going to be our predicted national champion for the After Whistle Sports Podcast official bracket. Um, hopefully, we helped you guys with some of your picks. Um, probably, we got a lot of this stuff wrong. Um, <laughs> But it's all part of the fun. So thanks for listening. Um, we'll be doing maybe some more podcasts after some of the games happen, maybe next week. Uh, again, I'm so excited for March Madness. It's officially part. This is what we've been waiting for the entire time. Uh, okay. Thanks. Thanks.